Hey, what's going on, you guys? It's Ian. The podcast is going to start in just a second. I just need a little bit of your time. I want to tell you guys about my website, averagebrosfitmedia.com, and some premium content I just started offering. It's my new podcast called The Mobility Module, and you guys can get access to this podcast for $5 a month. It is an exclusive feed with new episodes coming out weekly. When you get the podcast, each episode is an in-depth look at an exercise, mobility movement, functional movement, anything you can think of is in the short and sweet episodes covering the movement from head to toe. I give you guys all of the things you need to implement these cool exercises into your fitness workout regimen. And on top of that, you get me. When you get the membership, you guys get access to me. I want to help you guys with this podcast so you guys can request certain episodes tailored to your needs. I'll answer any questions you have and I will make sure you get the most out of these benefits. Just check it out, you guys. I'd love to help. Enjoy the podcast. Did you originally like help create Strong First or did you get involved in it later? So uh, the short story of how I got here is uh, I have a background in uh, sports medicine, athletic training. So that's my bachelor's and master's in rehabilitative sciences. Uh, took my first job as an athletic trainer. Nice. After two years, decided uh, that wasn't what I wanted to be doing and uh, ran a hospital fitness center for five years in the, the Clarion, Pennsylvania area. And during that time, I got interested in Pavel's uh, early works, uh, Power to the People, and his original Russian Kettlebell Challenge book. I uh, got my first kettlebell uh, over just about, uh, well, right at 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, got certified by Pavel in February of 02 and awesome. started working with him and teaching at the certs in uh, April of 03. Okay. And so uh, fast forward a few years, right around 2012. Uh, there's a split between the previous business and what is currently Strong First. Uh, Pavel went in the direction of um, <clears throat> of forming Strong First and moving forward in that direction. And I followed uh, Pavel into Strong First, uh, have kind of progressed up the ranks over the years uh, from senior to master instructor and now uh, director of education uh, for, uh, for Strong First. And now remind me, when I looked at it, you know, it, it's, it, it obviously it's kind of the elite standard of strength training, right? For athletes, regular people, um, you name it. But it seems like it's kind of more revolving around kettlebells, or or is it just implements like barbells, kettlebells, that kind of thing? Uh, kettlebell, barbell, and body weight. Uh, okay. Kettlebell is certainly what we're best known for, and uh, is a typical entry point for people entering uh, what we like to refer to as the school of strength. And, um, so that's, that is, uh, that's a fair, uh, fair assessment that the kettlebells, the, the entry point. Where does, where does the Russian part of it come in? Cause you know, I, I was reading about it and it's kind of, you guys blend in the different influences from the, you got the Western and then you got the Russian sort of the European influence. What's, what is that? Because I've read some Russian approaches and they all sound like a Russian approach, you know, hard, <laughs> horrible. And so what is that influence? 
So, uh, I mean, that's just directly from Pavel Satsun, who is okay. the, the guy who brought the kettlebell to the States. Uh, and not that kettlebells weren't here previously. I mean, you yeah. can go back into the 50s and you can find pictures of kettlebells at various gyms. And um, not was like an old not, strong man at a carnival with something that looks like it, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to some extent, yeah. Definitely. And so when when Pavel uh, started, uh, you know, popularizing it, talking about it and put out the, the first Russian kettlebell challenge book. I mean, he's he's the Russian in the Russian kettlebell that uh, as we know it here in the States. And obviously that's progressed over the years. There's gear voice sport. Uh, uh, you know, kettlebell lifting is a, a, an internationally contested sport. Very different technique, very different strategies than what we teach. Uh, Pavel blended in what we refer to as hard style techniques, and that's kind of a martial arts term in that uh, in martial arts broad strokes here, there are soft styles and hard styles of martial arts. And uh, the hard style martial art is more based on maximum power production. Um, you take blows by bracing. Uh, soft styles uh, tend to not... and soft styles and hard styles are like saying we have a fast portion, a slow portion. Uh, <laughs> okay. They're both very fast. Uh, they're, you know, martial arts are, are martial arts, Yeah, uh, but they have different uh, philosophies and a soft style will start with low tension and then build uh, tension that's appropriate with hard style. We start with a higher degree of tension and then peel it away to uh, what's, what's essential and what's necessary. Okay. And see, I didn't know about that, you know, with, I did martial arts, but it was kind of, you know, just go at it, like, go do your, do your grappling, do your rolling. So I didn't even know there was a, a you could distinguish between the two when it comes to that. So does that, so that finds its way into the kettlebell training and the barbell training and all that stuff in, in strong first, I guess. So that martial arts kind of transfers over. Correct. Okay. Yeah. That, that kind of hard style mentality kind of is, is one of the things that, uh, that Pavel uh, brought with him and, yeah. uh, with, within those high tension techniques, breathing techniques, uh, I mean, there's just, you know, a lot of, uh, strength and performance enhancing stuff that's, that's kind of built in, uh, well, to, to the system. Well, I appreciate it because it's kind of, it, it's so cool to hear resistance training combined with something else, because I think, um, anybody my age on social media, you know, if, if you become an online trainer, it's kind of, it's the same message. You're popular maybe, but it's the same message from trainer to trainer. So it's always, it's always maybe a program that revolves around like us. Oh, I do these exercises differently. You know, it's, it's like the same <laughs> shit, but you know, in a different way or whatever. So it's, it's any, anything that, that brings in like what you said, the, the mindful side of things or the martial arts side of things seems to, offer people a better opportunity, you know? So I'm sure you well, guys we, see we a lot of good change because of it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We have a quote from a, a spec ops uh, individual that was in, involved in the training at some point. And, and his, his uh, quote was the elite are just better at the basics than everybody else. So, and interesting. So we, we, we embrace that uh, at our strong first level one certification. Uh, there's six exercises. Um, there's not 50. There's okay. not, uh, a, you know, it is an inch wide, a mile deep. Uh, if you are effective at those six um, techniques, those six exercises, you're going to go very far. Uh, I always use a boxing analogy that there are essentially four punches in boxing. And out of that comes the sweet science yeah. of, of boxing. So you don't, there's not 500 punches. 
there's four. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But it's, out it's of that, the simplicity. Yeah. Exa- exactly. And uh, we seek complexity cells. People love thinking that there's a secret. They love thinking it's something they can't understand on their own. They, 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 and, and that's innate. That's, I'm not saying that people love that because for any other reason than it's just built into our DNA. Yeah. Um, but when you expose somebody to a, more of a, I'm, I'm going to say more of a minimalist approach um, where you do take that inch wide, mile deep perspective, um, there, there is a lot of gold to be mined out of there. Well, and, and what's funny is I was literally about to ask you that because, because of the hard sell component of, of simplicity, because I know uh, that's, that is the golden egg. That's what needs to be accepted, but you're right. The, the allure of a secret pill or like a, a special technique it seems so way more interesting, way more interesting, which is probably why the, the online people do so well is because, you know, they got a good body and they pump up their plan. It's like, Oh, I got to do what he's doing, you know? So, so you guys sort of sell, but it's cool though, that you make the simple uh, complex in a way, like you, you sell it in a good way because it immediately sounds like something I'd want to do, you know? Well, and that's uh, I, I think that um, if, if the message is, is good, yeah. uh, then it's, it's going to come through. And, um, you know, we, we pursue, promote and practice strength because we believe strength has a greater purpose. And, uh, within our lives, we, we have opportunities to either see that or experience that, uh, in, in that transcends beyond just the physical, right. Um, so, you know, strength has a greater purpose and, uh, whether you go with mensana and corpusana, uh, sound mind, sound body. And, and, you know, there's lots of different cliches that you can, you can throw around. George Hackensmith said, strength cannot be divorced from health. And so being strong is part of being healthy, being healthy is part of being strong. And so we, we take that approach, uh, with, with what we do. And we want to bring this message of, of strength, uh, to people because it can have a profound, uh, impact in their lives. But it's also too, I mean, uh, you know, everybody says to train for strength, you know, if you want to look good or do you want your body to reflect that strength training. So probably for anybody training for their relative strength is the, the solution to body changes that they want, you know, like performance-based crap instead of, instead of just uh, sculpting, you know, that's probably, that's probably the best approach, right? Correct. And, you know, I've had people over the years who, you know, well, I want to look like that NFL player. Yeah. Well, that NFL player looks like that because that's them. Uh, it, it probably has nothing to do with with their training. Uh, they are and they're in the NFL, not because of their physique, not because of their body, but because of the they have, I'm going to say a little bit more of an elite neurological system. Yeah, they they react, respond and are able to do things on the field that other people cannot. And it has nothing to do with aesthetics. And actually, it's an it's an interesting time frame because you know we're just we're coming out of the pandemic and going into the endemic phase of having to deal with with COVID and and um, and things like that. And during that time, gyms and fitness and things like that were not considered essential. We were not on that list of essential uh, businesses. Yeah, and that's because fitness equates to aesthetics. That's Instead of equating to health. 
if we equated fitness to health, yeah, we would have been considered essential. But in all in everybody's mind, and I'm drawing a blanket statement there, and you, you people can make fun of me for that later, but in pretty much everybody's mind, fitness equals aesthetics. You only work out in order to look a certain way. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm t- making a broad statement about how culture uh, perceives, perceives fitness. That. Yeah. But, well, if, no, but if culture perceived fitness as health, we'd be in a very different place. I like that explanation, though, because I, I when the when the pandemic hit, I mean, naturally, uh, there were so many gyms that lost lost their businesses and everything. And and it was kind of funny. I, 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 w- I did find that weird. It's like, you know, there's it is bizarre that these people are not considered essential workers. I mean, you can. Obviously, you can take precautions or whatever in the in the thick of it. You know, you could do wear the masks or whatever. But um, but no, you're right. So you're saying in, in the literature of today, everywhere you look, there is there's this wrong connection between right, like what you said, aesthetics and health, and it needs to be changed. And so, do you think do you how do how do how do people push for that? Do they kind of take what you guys are doing and and make it clear that that is what exercise needs to be for people a health approach as opposed to aesthetics pretty much yeah i mean it it is it's it's um you know now we're talking big time like cultural and societal shift and <laughs> tell thinking. me how you change the culture <laughs> of the, yeah. how would you do it <laughs> uh well i mean in in the one yeah. you you be the example Okay. Of and that's a lot of our training techniques and and when you look at Pavel's strong endurance workshop and you look at uh, his book The Quick and the Dead and okay. even Simple and Sinister, those things are focused towards um, they they are focused towards health. The way we're looking at conditioning, the way we're looking at training, is based on what is the best way to get there. You know, engineering looks for an optimal solution, and an optimal solution is what accomplishes the goal with the lowest cost. Yeah. Right. So from a training perspective, we want to find the way to get to our goal with the lowest cost. Most training systems have a high cost. They are uncomfortable. Uh, and, and not that, I, you know, believe me, um, some of my training sessions are not comfortable. Yeah, I work hard at, yeah. at what I do, but I do it in a way where I'm accomplishing that work at the lowest cost. I see. And that is how you get uh, a very healthful approach, uh, rather than my training, taking things out of me. I look at my training as putting money in the bank. I, I, I want to do enough to make progress. I don't want to finish the work. There's an old saying, Pavel had in one of his early books at the end of a workout, you should feel ready to battle for the kingdom. Not like the war was lost. Oh, wow. And it's an old time strongman that said that uh, Earl Lederman or, or somebody it's, like that. It's a beautiful like phrase. It really is. It's quite, it's quite po- poetic. Yeah, absolutely. And if wow. we took that approach towards training more often, uh, we'd be in a better place. And so first, you know, it's, it's to the question of cultural and societal change. Yeah. First, first you're the example. Um, not the do as I say, not as I do person, but you're the example of what you want people to be uh, doing. And then it's just getting the message out there. It's being yeah. consistent and it's, it is changing that mindset and, and helping people realize that uh, it's, I always learned it as health and fitness. 
Yeah. Right. Together. Um, and the only place fitness comes before health is in the dictionary. So we got to focus on health and being fit as part of being healthy, being healthy is part of being fit. And, and you guys are definitely disruptors in the industry. You're already, you're, you're disrupting the status quo, but I like what you said about uh, approaching it from working smarter rather than harder. So when you guys go down the path of figuring, figuring out where somebody needs to go in their fitness, what, what's the first step you usually take in approaching it? Like, do you kind of look at what they've done up to this point or you, you basically try to change or do you change your mindset from step one? You try to have them perceive it differently. Um, so I, I, I'm going to speak more as uh, me, the professional yeah, yeah. versus strong versus the organization for a moment. Yeah, please. Um, and, and not that it's dissimilar from what strong first does, but, uh, I'm also an FMS. Uh, I also teach for functional movement systems and use the FMS screening. Okay. And so one of the first things I'm going to do, uh, like if I was meeting with you for a session, we're going to go through a detailed history. I'm going to make sure I understand, uh, medical injury and training history and make sure that I've got that background because you don't want to leave that stuff, uh, on the table. For sure. Uh, Florence Kendall called it the mystery of the history. And uh, you got to dive in there and, and, and pull out what you can. And then I'm going to look at your movement quality. I'm going to get a snapshot of how you're moving and see if there's any areas for opportunity. If you've got tight ankles, squats are going to be tough. If you've got tight shoulders, going overhead is going to be tough. It'd be hard. So yeah. let's just take that stuff off the table before we really start challenging those, those patterns. And then that leads me in the direction of developing a very individualized approach for you so that we're capitalizing on those opportunities for improvement and we're capitalizing on those opportunities to go ahead and push on conditioning and developing qualities that you want to develop. Um, more specifically to Strong First, we're also going to look at that movement quality, uh, yep. different joint mobility uh, sessions and things like that, just checking in on how that person's moving. Um, again, it's that health and fitness approach where, um, and, and most everybody at home can probably think of when they started on a new program and they got an achy or an owie, uh, shoulder started bothering them, back started bothering them, knee started bothering whatever the case may be. Sure. And then they end up not working out for a while. And so you can't pursue your goals if you're not able to train. So having that health and fitness approach, knowing that we, we have to be doing things in a way that uh, is best for the individual uh, that does move them towards their goals and uh, building strength. Uh, strength is corrective. Strength is yeah. uh, functional. Strength is uh, the foundation. That's amazing. Well, yeah, it's, um, and the reason I always ask that question, I, again, it always, it literally just always goes back to, to what's happening now. And you know, the, the, the messages I hear, it's kind of uh, it, for any new personal trainer, I'm sure that's that's what they need to hear is the going through the history of somebody and rather than going right into a workout, truly trying to understand the person. I mean, it's simple. It's the easiest thing ever. But uh, I, I imagine it's it, it, it comes from experience rather than getting your certification online and then just going right at it, you know, so 100 yeah. percent. And, you know, young professionals come out uh, and and. The, the fitness field is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, the typical career span for somebody in the fitness field is six months to three years. And most people by that time really? have, oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't uh, know that. Most, That's so strange. Okay. Oh yeah. It, it's, it's a grinder. And, yeah. and, you know, it's, 
you're going to put in 14 hour days and you're going to work from five to 10 in the morning and then have a break and then see a couple people over lunch and then have a break and then see people from, you know, five to seven, eight, nine at night. Yeah. And you're going to, you're going to grind. Um, and that that's an early part of getting your reps in and, and, and working with people in maybe more big box gym situations or whatever the, the case may be. Yeah. And so people will go from thinking, Oh, I'm going to get paid to work out to realizing mm -hmm. that this is a really hard Hell job. No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get paid to never want to work out again. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's tough. You know, you're on this constant dual treadmill of client retention and client acquisition, and you're afraid of saying no to anybody or not taking an opportunity. So you overload yourself. Yeah. And so burnout's a huge issue within, within the industry and people come out excited. I'm going to work with athletes and, you know, people, I'm going to push people and, you know, they're going to, we're going to achieve X, Y, and Z. Um, imposing your expectations and goals on other people is typically a recipe for failure uh, and frustration. And so over the years, you learn to meet people where they are, yeah, understand that and design that path forward. And I'm not, uh, I'm not the cheerleader. I'm not the motivator. Um, there are trainers and people out there who do that so well. Yes. You know, they're, they're going to send you the text and they're, they're going to be like, you know, Hey, you know, accomplishing your goals today, make that's sure right. you're doing X, Y, and Z. Did you, did you eat your breakfast? Yeah, exactly. I'm not okay. doing that. Like, that's not me. Really? Um, wow. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. Awesome. If, if you, I, like I said, I will meet you where you are. I will walk that path with you, That's amazing. but I ain't dragging you down the path. <laughs> you, you want to come along the path or you yeah. do not. And if, wow. if you want to, Hey, you want to spend 15 minutes foam rolling and talk about golf and grandkids and, um, you know, maybe get 15 minutes of work in. I'm fine. I love that's, that. That's, that's fine with me. I'm there. I'm willing to help you. I'm willing to take that routine in the best direction possible for you. Uh, but I'm not dragging you down the road. And so, you know, Pavel took some criticism a while back when somebody asked him about uh, motivation. He said, yeah. I don't do motivation. We're all adults here. You either want to do this or you do not. That's crazy. That that is that's so. I, I'm I'm amazed at that. I was surprised at that. Like what? <laughs> You're kidding me. No, exactly. But, but because um, it, I like that though. But th th that's the thing about it. It's like I really, because I talked to so many trainers and and that that's never been said before. It's never been like everybody is doing the check ins or doing the. Uh, very, very in-depth thing, but I understand why it's a problem because then they depend on that motivation. So in the end of the day, they're not, they're not really generating any of their own, like push toward that goal. So definitely. And in the end, motivation's a fallacy. Yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> it, for real. Yeah, it is. It, you either want to do it or you do not. And if you want to do it, nothing can stop you. If you don't want to do it, nothing will get you there. Motivation. And so that's going to be the title for this podcast motivation. That's, that'll draw some eyes. People will yes, it one. will. Yes, it will. <laughs> motivation. That's good. But no, that's, that's that like, that's a breath of fresh air. Cause um, awesome. yeah, no, it's, it really is because I, I know that that is uh, so, so not talked about today, like giving approaching people like adults, and and telling it to them straight like it is with pure honesty it's it's not saying that 
you know, you won't do whatever it takes, but it is saying that like, I can't, I can't make you do this if you don't want to do it. Like there's nothing, there's nothing you can do. No amount of check-ins or texts or calls is ever going to make him do that. Cause I did that at one point and it didn't freaking work. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. mean, proof's in the pudding, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, geez, that, that's so true. Yeah. So the, the mindset shift towards I'm, I'm here, I'm with you. I will absolutely help you not dragging you. And so, and mm. when, when you hit on the people that are ready for that message, um, it works really, really well. Um, and, and I learned very early on as an athletic trainer that I am not all things to all people. And yeah. that's another thing that kind of people in the fitness industry uh, come out with is oh, they, they just think, yeah, they're all things to all people. They're going to be able to work with every person on the planet. Yeah. And there's people that are not going to want to work with you. <laughs> and it's, it can be personality. It can, it can be based on a, a bunch of different things. So, you know, I, I'm okay. When somebody says, yeah, you know, this isn't for me. I'm like, okay, that's probably a good It'll decision. Take it personally. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Well, it's it. And, and yet again, that goes to another point. It's like, it's uh, it, it is sort of taken personally or something like that, but I, I like that you guys choose. So I imagine you have to be selective about the people who come to you, but those people, probably get the best results out of it because they're, they're the ones made for this, these approaches to programming, you know, they, they well, probably and, love it. Yeah. And, you know, specific to something like getting certified with strong first and, and things like that, like there's very clear expectations. Uh, well, you, sure. you know exactly what you're going to need to have to do. And if you're willing to prepare for that and do that and step up to those standards and expectations, awesome. We're, we're there for you. We're there with you. Um, but we're not changing that. And so again, it, it's, it's being that, uh, it's, it's holding to those standards and expectations and understanding that, you know, today in society, we have very few rites of passage. We have very few things that we actually struggle and work to accomplish. And unfortunately struggle is where progress learning and adaptation occurs. And so we, we need to struggle and people are not comfortable typically with struggling. Um, I love getting in a situation where I'm over my head. I know that that struggle is going to bring things out of me that, uh, that I, I just, uh, pressure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Get put back in yourself into a corner a little bit. Yeah. No, that's so a little bit, you don't, yeah, you don't have bit. to, <laughs> all you don't have to full bore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no hope. That's how it works. Right. <laughs> exactly. Get crushed, get crushed. Yeah. Yeah. Lose. <laughs> Lose all sense of reason. That's the way to go. <laughs> That's cool. I, I I thoroughly appreciate that. I the um the the discomfort, getting comfortable with being discomfortable. So uncomfortable. Sorry. Yeah, struggle. Uh, struggle is a key. Yeah. Um, it is. Uh, there's a great book called uh, Make It Stick. Okay. Uh, M A K E It Stick. There's another book called Made to Stick. Oh. M A D E. <laughs> So I have to be very clear when I recommend it because then people go away and they're like, this has nothing to do with learning. It's like, I wonder what happened with the authors there. Maybe that one author looked at the other guy. It's like, shit. Like I, I thought this we're doing this it anyway. Clever. Yeah. I was, <laughs> we're I was doing so... it anyway. <laughs> Dude, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's make it stick and it's about okay. learning. And when you look at learning research, um, it turns out that, uh, and this is going to sound weird accuracy is not the key to learning struggle 
and having to recall the information is the key to learning. So even if you're wrong, being tested, and it's those quizzes in school that we always hated, right? Yeah. Uh, But those were actually key to making us think through and recall that information and actually learn better. Um, So, and like I said, it's a great book if you want to understand a little bit more of uh, just how to learn. Yeah. And, and then better at delivering that message to the people that you're working with, because ideally we want the person, I want the person I'm working with to walk away better educated, more knowledgeable. Um, I, I have a lot of sessions with clients where I'm like, what do you want to do? That's awesome. I, I put them in charge. Like, uh, tell, tell me what you're thinking. What do you want to do? And then I'm, I'm there as the, the consultant, the expert to say, great idea. Let's yeah. tweak it this way. Let's go in this direction. I don't think that's the best thing for you to be doing right now, but we're going to get there. Like it gives me a better idea of where they are. Um, so rather than me thinking I'm the dictator uh, and able to just kind of force people where, where I want them to go, yeah, involve them. Think about situations where you've had bad experiences. It's where things were done to you. It's where you were not involved in the process. But yet when somebody says, Hey, Ian, what do you think about this? Yeah, I think I, this is my goal and I, this is where I'd like to go. How, how would you get me there? So I involve you in the process and all of a sudden means a hell of a lot more to you. Jeez. And you move in that direction in a much stronger fashion. All through a simple question of what would you like to do today? You know? Yeah. I just, it, it all, <clears throat> it all, it opens up possibilities just with that one, one line, one opener, you know? Right. And then you, you also have to be able to have that process and that communication system involved where if, if the person you ask that question to says something totally off the wall that they're not ready for, (laughs) you have to be able to say, you have to be able to say, Hey, you know what, we're going to get you there. But I think for today, let's work on these things. And this is part of what's going to get you there. And then that's also motivating because now they see the individualization, they see the care um, there's another old saying, I got tons of old Man, you, sayings yeah, geez, and uh, You need to write a book. <laughs> I think you have written books, huh? I am getting there. Okay. Um, well, uh, I've, I've done some to. manuals. I haven't done books yet. Um, but, uh, nobody knows, nobody cares how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Wow. And that's, yeah. uh, that's one of the things that makes the more aspirational style of marketing that you see on social media and in the fitness world uh, so nauseating uh, to me because people are putting themselves out there in various ways, either by how they look or these things that they can do. And the person that you're working with doesn't give a shit about that. They don't care. Yeah. They don't care. What are you going to do for them? How are you going to get me to my goal health in a healthy and safe manner? Wow. I want to, I want to feel better. That's just, yeah, that's the, that's the message, which always begs the question. I still don't, I still don't understand why uh, those people are so popular though. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. Sorry. It's right back to that aesthetics conversation. Yeah. Yeah. People perceive fitness as aesthetics. So they see somebody with a six pack, they see somebody that looks good on social media and they think that's the direction I need to go because I want to look that way. Well, yeah. They more than likely don't look that way because of their training. And even if they do, it might not be the right routine for you. And, and I I have been in situations in my life where I have not felt good. And I can tell you that feeling good 
feels good. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> exactly. Crazy, but yeah. <laughs> and, and in the end, somebody will come to you saying, I want to lose X or I want to look like this. Yeah. There's a background conversation there that when they feel better, when they have more energy, when they, they can get down on the ground and play with the kids and the ground kids, and they're, they're a more functional person in their life and they just feel good. Like, yeah, you know, I have a, a guy that I've worked with who came through a major uh, injury and, and surgery, and he got back on his bike for the first time in six years, and he was blowing his friends away, even though they'd still been biking and he hadn't been able to do it. He got back on the bike and had just a great time getting back on the bike yeah. and feeling good doing it. And so it's, it, it is kind of opening up that conversation and looking at fitness beyond the aesthetic appeal. Um, and, and sure, everybody wants to look I'm everybody. I'm an air quotes guy. So put hmm, some big okay. air quotes around everybody. Um, I, I like it. But, you know, people will, we all want to look good. Yeah. And good could mean 500 different things. I'm not putting anybody in a box and I'm not saying anybody needs to look a certain way. I have seen high performing individuals in a variety of sports and situations who look a hundred different ways. Yeah. Uh, so it's not about, for me, it's totally not about the aesthetics. And actually when somebody comes to me and says, basically I have a body transformation goal, I refer them to somebody else. There are trainers that do a good job of that. Yeah. I'm not one of those trainers. <laughs> I, I don't do body transformation. Um, you want to learn technique. You want to get stronger. You want to have that healthy, uh, strong approach. I'm there for you. You want to do a body transformation challenge. There's people that do that and they do a fine job of it. Go do that. That's not what I do. And oddly enough, your, your approaches would, I mean, I know you say you don't do it, but your approaches would certainly lead to that ultimately, you know, it, sure. it, it would, that's the funny thing. It probably, probably more so than, I don't know, like a body transformation trainer. If you, if, if cause you're, you're, you're the strength guy, you're the, you're the one who's going to get them there ultimately in the healthiest way. So yeah, yeah. It, it, that's the byproduct of, of what you do, you know? Exactly. So. Uh, there's an old saying, another one, uh, if it looks right, it flies right. Yeah. And so if you focus on being able to fly right, it looks right. Jeez, I, I love all the sayings you have. All, all these are like stuff I've never heard. I'm, I'm just, I'm just enjoying all the, they're all so good. I really, you're saying all. I was like, wow, I, I just like, I could train somebody with just these, just tell them this, <laughs> and they would know exactly. They would like be motivated enough, you know. <laughs> be like, it's, I'm, I'm just gonna give you, you know, things. <laughs> well, and from a. To, to kind of circle back into yeah, that yeah. Uh, learning perspective and everything like that. We are storytelling creatures. For sure. And so the better you are at telling the story, the more influential you will be Yeah, with the people that you work with. And so um, a, a cliche, a trite saying that you can expand on are effective entry points and into these storytelling opportunities, uh, coaching, cueing, is storytelling. It is this rich, vibrant language that you have to bring to the table that gets people doing things in the best way, in the most efficient way, uh, and in the best way so that they have the best opportunity to learn. And so you're, uh, and then this is going to sound like a total contradiction, but 
in the midst of the storytelling and the rich and vibrant coaching and cueing, you also need to know when to shut your mouth mm. so, and let that person learn. Because yeah. if you're talking people through their movements, every time they do it, it's not their movement. It's yours. You're having to talk them through it every time. I don't want to have to do that. It's not just that I'm lazy. It's that the most efficient approach, cue laughter. It's not just that I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> I, so, was, I was like, well, it's funny. When you said that, I completely understood. I was like, I'm lazy too. So I accept that. It's like, I didn't, I was like, mm, it's true. I, I'm lazy. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, but that knowing when to shut up, knowing when to give that opportunity to struggle, to learn and, and struggle in the best way possible uh, where you are successful, but challenged. That is the learning environment that's really going to take people uh, into the next level. And we need to get back to uh, one of my mentors, Dr. Ed Thomas. Uh, he said he never went to the gym to work out. He went to the gym to learn. Mm. He was learning the next progression. And he was training in, in a classical Turnverein style or the Turners uh, who came over from, from Germany in the 1840s. And um he was learning the next progression on the rings. He was learning the next progression on Indian clubs, on the pommels, yeah. on, you know, it was the, now, did he get sweaty? Did he get fit? Did everything that we think of as happening in the, in a fitness realm happen? Yes. But it happened within the context of him learning and progressing in his skill. And if we brought that mindset to fitness, um, I've been swinging a bell for 20 years. I am still learning something. Every time I swing the bell, yeah. I uh, recently had a major epiphany on the military press that uh, I'll be sharing in an in an article with a friend of mine here uh, in the near future. Uh, I'm 20 years into this, some of these lifts, yeah, and I'm still learning. I'm still, still. refining. Wow. Yeah, it's like it just keeps giving. Eventually, it it never it never stops. You find new ways to do things. It's it's the the ongoing research of exercise. God, there's a there's a famous cellist whose name I can never remember. Man, at about 92 years old, somebody asked him, you know, why are you still practicing? Is that Yo-Yo Ma? No, is he a cellist? I don't know. Uh, don't it know. it wasn't Yo-Yo Ma. This was um, I'll, I'll, the only I'll famous it to, I'll, cellist <laughs> I know. But again, I could be wrong. Maybe he's not a cellist, but I think he is. I think he is. I felt really cultured just now. I, you're you're dangerous. You're in the right neighborhood. Anyway, even if good. it's not, <laughs> but this, this chalice said, uh, you know, somebody asked him why he was still practicing in 92. He said, because I think I'm starting to make progress. Wow. <laughs> and that's, if we brought that lifelong learning mindset to our physicality, to our fitness, uh, to the things that we want to be good at, um, boy, we'd be in a much better place. That's, that's amazing. Just that right there. So I get, yeah, I get you, you never stop learning ideally. Um, hopefully the day yeah. that I stop learning is the day they chunk me in a box. Uh, cause I plan on doing this for my entirety. I plan on waking up one day and, and just telling the world that I'm an expert. I don't need to know anything else. That's, that's, <laughs> Hey guys, just want to let you know, I've learned it all. I'm done. Done. Yeah. I've reached my peak, the peak. So no more for me. Yeah. <laughs>